Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. We go to the North Upstead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline. We bring in former Browns quarterback, and of course you can hear him every single week on the In the Dog Pound podcast with him, Hanford Dixon, Frank Stamps, Leroy, uh, Leroy Horde. Um, Eric Metcalf is in there as well. All sorts of guys. And he joins us on the North Homestead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline. He is Mike Tomzak. Mike, how are you, man? Dan, happy holidays. Merry Christmas to you and your loved ones. Thanks, man. You as well. All right, so we'll, let's start right here. So Franco Harris passed away this week. And I, I know you had a, you played with the Steelers for a little bit. I know you didn't overlap with Franco Harris at all, but he was always around that team. What are your thoughts on Franco Harris passing? Yeah, I was shocked when I got a phone call from former teammate Merle Hodge that Monday morning and caught me by surprise because over the weekend, I think a lot of the listening audience saw Franco on a couple of different broadcasts with Fred Bilitnikoff and talking about the immaculate reception. And then, you know, we get the sad news, shocking news on Monday of his passing. And uh, friend, I can call him friend, uh, we lived in the same area just north of Pittsburgh in a town called Sewickley and he was visible and I attended many of his uh, Super Bowl parties throughout the years and the relationship was uh, you know well respected the great thing about the National Football League is you know no matter what team you play for it's an elite group of people and you know when you go into a dynasty team a franchise team like the Steelers they welcome you no matter where you came from I came from Cleveland to go to Pittsburgh for seven years, even when I played in Chicago for a number of years, just a just a fraternity and the respect. It was just uh, open arms, and I can't say enough about a man that uh, you know passed away too soon. Yeah, absolutely. It's is a bummer, and he was just unbelievable to watch play, and he became such a great ambassador not only for the Steelers but for the entire NFL, and and such a bummer as well going into this weekend where they were going to honor him and the immaculate reception and all of those things. So. It's a shame, Mike. It it really is. Yeah, you know, myself and my kids are going to attend that game. You know, there were festivities that were planned uh, for tonight as well as tomorrow uh, prior to the game and throughout the game. So a number of alums will be down there and we'll be mourning his passing. And, you know, it's, um, you know, I think a year ago, John Madden passed away yeah. over the Christmas holidays and we mourned his passing. And, you know, this is all too soon and, you know, 50 years. Where were you 50 years ago, Dan? Um, I was not here, sadly. I'm only 35. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, beautiful. But you, you've been able to relive it. Right. And the irony about that game, the irony was that was the first playoff game the Steelers ever had in franchise history. Wow. That's amazing. And the game was blacked out in the Pittsburgh market. And I was living in Chicago. I was 10 years young. And I remember watching that game. And the replays were very few, right? They had very few looks and everything. And with the way technology has advanced, they've been able to get better pictures. But 
by and large, that's when the Pittsburgh Steelers captivated the nation, right? The Raiders were the tough, you know, angry guys, you know, from the West Coast. And they had some Buckeyes on that team, you know, Jack Tatum. You know, he was the Absolutely. guy that was part of that, that whole, that whole you know, immaculate reception on both sides. So, you know, the irony, the irony is, uh, you know, it's going to be relived 50 years later, a day after it. You know, it happened, and the Franco's not going to be part of it, but he's certainly going to have a lot of heavy hearts in that stadium tomorrow night. All right, so you've played you played in Chicago at Soldier Field. You've played at Lambeau Field in Green Bay. You have been down in Pittsburgh <laughs> at, at Three Rivers at that point and probably stepped foot on Heinz Field a couple of times. You played at Cleveland, of course, on the lakefront as well. Have you ever played in a game like Cleveland is looking at right now where the temperature with the wind chill is going to be in the negative and they're talking like 40-mile-an-hour winds? Uh, absolutely. On 1446 Hearst Drive in the Prairie, when probably I was 10 years old, I, was, I remember them. We had a group. We, there were like five kids per household in our neighborhood. And, you know, if not, we weren't playing hockey, we were playing football. We weren't playing football, we were playing basketball or baseball. So, yeah, we had, a, you know, parents want to get you the hell out of the house, right? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> you kidding me? That's why so sleds and saucers up. were invented. Exactly. <laughs> So I remember just a, a bunch of us, you know, just went out there and just threw the ball around and, you know, got into a melee. And But before we knew it, um, you know, snot was freezing and, you know, your tears were, you know, frozen too. So, no, it was Lambeau Field. I was telling my kids the other day, it was about 20 below. We played the Detroit Lions in 1991 and uh, came down to a, a punt returned by a guy named Mel Gray. And he knew exactly where the coils were. They were right by the numbers, and that was the softest part of the field. And he got good traction and went 60 yards for a touchdown to beat us. But, you know, it was a frozen day, a day when your bones just, cr- you know, crunch when you hit the ground. And um, I got whacked a number of times, but I was able to get through it okay. And had a cold beverage when I got home. Yeah, I believe that one, just to even help the, the pain in the whole thing, Mike. So what does is, what is a game plan for that kind of game look like? Are you – are you walking out on the field and thinking, okay, I want to at least throw 10 times A to keep them honest and B just to prove I can? Well, obviously the short passing game, right? And that's something that, you know, every NFL team has in their offense, you know, the quick passing game, uh, the naked bootlegs, uh, some play action passing with maximum protection. You might want to, you know, have eight guys blocking and send two receivers out and have a back check down in front of you if needed. But, you know, that's what it amounts to. Back in the day, Dan, you know, we had grass fields. I don't right. know if they're still playing grass fields, but I know, you know. The oh, yeah, Cleveland Broad Stadium is grass. grass. I know, I think, okay. yeah, Lambeau's still grass, too. Yeah. I don't yeah, know about so soldiering. You know, a handful, but, you know, we were allowed to wear three-quarter-inch cleats, you know, steel metal cleats. And I remember Walter Payton, we're playing Green Bay up there one time, and he had this, like, WD-40, like a penetrating oil, and he was spraying it at the bottom of his cleats. And I was just curious, and I asked the equipment guy, so what's going on? He goes, he doesn't want any mud on his cleats. <laughs> and he had 150-plus yards rushing that day when everyone else was slipping and sliding. So, tricks of the trade. You know, it's a home field advantage for those guys. Defensive linemen, I would think, would want to have some good traction, at least on the perimeter, you know, maintain the pocket. But Andy Dalton's not one of those guys that's going to be running around the pocket. He's going to be pretty stationary, so they could set their sights on him and get after him. But It'll be it'll be a, a mental game, you know. It's one of those things where, you know, as a backup quarterback, you hope the starter plays the whole time. 
Yeah. It'd, it'd be nasty coming off the bench. I know that. Oh, exactly. Plus, you'd have to take the coat off and be slightly <laughs> slightly cold instead of being warm <laughs> under those big coats. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, with technology, you know, they got those burners and they got those, you know, warm hand muffs that uh, have batteries in them. They keep your hands toasty and everything. But, you know, the bottom line is going to come down. The ball is going to be hard. It's going to be slick. So I, I think, you know, New Orleans off the ball a lot. You know, they, they come away from a lot of turnovers in the last couple of weeks. And they got an efficient quarterback. Um, they got this guy named Olave. You might have heard of him. He played down at Ohio State. He had a cup of coffee down there. Yeah, yeah, he wasn't bad. No, uh, not at all. But it's going to be tested, you know. We'll see how good uh, Denzel Ward matches up against him, and he's matched up against a number of Buckeyes in the past. So I like for this to be, to be one of those games where uh, ground and pound, but you never know. You know, they could if they run the football, they have a chance of going over top for a big play with match protection play action. Mike Tomzak, former Browns quarterback, joining us on the North Olmsted Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline. How much would you run Deshaun Watson in this game? And and by like run, I mean I, I would like to see him play every snap just because I think the guy needs as many reps as possible. But more you've seen more and more of that read option game find its way in there. And I wonder with the cold, how much you'd like to see him run. Yeah. You know, Dan, let's look at his history, right? You know, this dude played, you know, the RPO game in high school. He played her all through Clemson, won a national championship and all that, and they ran it down in Houston. So you know, whether they're not calling the play or whether the defenses are just giving that read to give it to Chubb or, or to give it to Hunt, you know. But this, he's more dangerous when he takes it to that next level, you know, to, to the passing part and the option part. I've seen a number of quarterbacks, you know, Jalen Hurst and, and Tua Tungaviola is having a tremendous year with that RPO game. And it's shocking some teams. And we saw a little bit of Deshaun last week against Baltimore. You know, I think he had maybe 22 yards rushing, and, you know, that helps. That's two first downs, right? And those could be crucial first downs when you look at third down efficiency. And especially he had that big one. I think it was on third and long. He ended up catching a, a first down there to really help the cause. And having those legs as a quarterback I think can only help, and especially in a game like this. If you're, you know, you do game plans for Youngstown State and that stuff, what do you do with a guy like Nick Chubb who's been showing up the last two days with a foot injury? And they say he's going to play in this one, but – if he played for you, Mike, would you limit his snaps at all, or are you just like, okay, player says he's good to go? Okay, I'm, I'm going to answer this two ways. I'm the owner, okay? Okay. I'm Haslam for, okay, I'm playing this horse. I mean, we got a chance of making the playoffs and securing something, if not dignity, that, you know, we have a good football team. And until he proves that he can't make those cuts, until he proves that they can't tackle him, I'm going to keep him in the game. Uh, we talked about this in our podcast in the Dog Pound. Uh, Eric Metcalf, Leroy Horde have, have harped. Let him run the ball 27 times, or at least call 27 runs, and have that RPO built in where Deshaun could, you know, take a couple. But so, but I'm, um, you know, the head coach, and I'm thinking, well, is a 60% Nick, Nick Chubb better than you know Kareem Hunt or anyone else that we're going to elevate? So. You know, it's flipped a coin. I think the kid's a gamer, and I expect him to play, and I expect him to be very productive. And especially in a game like this where you want it, the only thing, and I wonder if you've ever been in this situation and how it goes over in a locker room, is they went and drafted Jerome Ford, and they've got Dearness Johnson, and they've got Demetric Felton, so they've got all of these running backs to go with Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb. And I wonder if there's a small part of 
Andrew Barry in the front office that's saying, let's see what Jerome Ford can do, because if we decide to let Kareem Hunt go, maybe we've got something there. Well, they've seen it in practice, right? Right. You know, the only thing they haven't been able to evaluate is game speed and against competition. You know, it's not in the same jersey. So moving forward, I don't know if he's going to be elevated. Is he? Was he elevated last week? I, I Jerome Ford's been, been returning. Actor. He's been returning kicks for him, and Demetric Felton's been in there. And every so often, you hear a rumbling out of Watson saying, "I like this guy." Yeah, yeah. And they know they know what they have in him, and you know he's expendable because you know he could be somebody that replaces Hunt in the near future. You know, I thought you know week four before the trade deadline, and we talked about it. Even Frank Stamps talked about you know he was a commodity, Kareem Hunt. And they should have traded him for, you know, Raekwon Smith out of Chicago. And obviously he went to a different team. He went to Baltimore. So, you know, that train came and left the station. So looking forward, I, I think, you know, with this offensive line, you know, I think the good thing is they have Chubb. And, and the great thing is, they, you know, they have a future in some of these guys. And have to wait and see whether it's this weekend or next, they'll find out. All right, Mike, I got a, one last question for you. Um, Ethan Posick coming off the IR, how important is it for a quarterback to have a center back? Oh, that's, well, you know, he's the quarterback of the offensive line. You know, I've always had great relationships with my center. Uh, you know, Jay Hilgenberg, who played with us in Cleveland. And, you know, those type of guys that uh, can, you know, you have that special bond. I always went to the center and just kind of told him, hey, get these guys ahead of their ass and start playing football. And it would just spread, you know, ripple effect would spread, and you trusted the guy. And, you know, I've always thought that that was a more integral part of the offensive line opposed to the left tackle. You know, so much has been said about that left tackle, the blind side. Well, right. the center does a hell of a job. He's blocking somebody every play. Sometimes the left tackle doesn't block somebody because the end drops or the play's going away from him. So I look for, you know, I'm going to take – if you listeners want to take your eye off the ball and watch the, you know, A-gap to the right and left of the center – That'll control the football game right there. And the team that does it best will have great success. All right, Mike, last question for you. Best Christmas gift you ever received? Boxing gloves. Really? Yeah. What? How old were yeah, you? Yeah, my brother, well, that was, we were probably 10, 11 years old. And probably about 12 o'clock that night, Christmas night, all the feather was coming out, all the stuffing was coming out because my brother and I would beat the crap out of each other. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it was like Joe Frazier and Muhammad Ali, you know, the Rumble in the jungle, man, and we were going at it. And you know, parents would say, "Take your butt downstairs." And my, you know, I did pretty well until my, my bloody my brother's nose, and it turned into a cage match. I mean, he was he was definitely coming after me. <laughs> That's fantastic, Mike. How about you, Dan? Tell me one of yours. I got an electric guitar when I was 11 years old, and I haven't turned my back to it since. I heard Jimi Hendrix when I was 10, and it changed my life. Oh, for sure. Yeah, you that know, who played a mean guitar. Prince. Yes, he did. And holy smokes, especially that Rock Hall survey. All right, we could do this for 20 minutes, Mike. Thank right, you so much saying, for hey, calling, Merry man. Christmas. You as well. Happy holidays to you and the family. Merry Christmas, and we'll talk soon. Peace. Enjoy Pittsburgh, man. And that is Mike Tomzak, former Browns quarterback. Of course, you can hear him every week on the In the Dog Pound podcast with him, Frank Stams, Hanford Dixon, Eric Metcalf, Leroy Horde, all of those guys just breaking down football and talking ball. It's fantastic stuff. And it's always good when you get to talk to Mike. And, of course, he joined us on the North Olmsted Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline. 
baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app.